today's episode wasn't in the plan, but I felt the need to give you guys some information about a woman I happen to know named Patty, who contracted COVID-19. I don't know anyone personally who's had it, except for her. And I wanted the information and I wanted the truth. Her symptoms aren't exactly like everyone else's. I think everyone has a completely different case. And as you'll hear our conversation, you'll understand that. But I do think it's important for us to to keep ourselves aware of what's out there and how dangerous it can be if we're not careful. This isn't to try to upset anyone or scare you. All I wanted to do is give you the facts of what this woman went through. And if you're a younger listener, you probably don't watch the news a whole lot. I know my kids don't, and they're in their early 20s. So if nothing else, it can inform you. And I hope this episode does what I hoped it would do. Simply inform you. Hey, everyone. Tonight, I'm joined with Patty, and she has some information tonight on the coronavirus because she's had it. And what we're doing tonight is explaining the process and explaining her particular illness that actually affected her. It affects everyone differently, and this is just her rendition, and I want to welcome her to the show. Welcome, Patty. Hi. I um, am very thankful to have you on the show tonight because this is a very touchy subject with all of us, of course, uh, with this virus going around. I know you're in the United States and you know how bad it is here. So can you tell me when you first started having signs of the coronavirus and about, you know, what month and all that, were you wearing masks? Let's get kind of a timeline for the listeners and then we'll just kind of go from there. Sure, no problem. I got sick in June. Of course, prior to that, I was wearing my mask, washing my hands, and doing everything that everybody said for us to do. But I don't necessarily know exactly where I got it from, but I do know that I have have a couple of ideas. One of which would be that one of the children that my son goes to school with tested positive, and us being essential workers with my job, we were exposed. So that's kind of where we think that it came from. And was this an older kid, younger child? What was the atmosphere for that child? He's elementary school age. My child did not get sick, but this other child had very mild symptoms. So I was hoping that it would be mild for myself, especially since that child had mild symptoms, but that's not necessarily the case. Wow. So your son may have been asymptomatic, although gave it to you. Is, is that a good assumption or is that? Yes, it's a suspicion. Gotcha. And, you know, I know your line of work and we won't go into that, but I do know you have to be very clean. We all do anyway, but specifically with what you do. So it's very hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that you got this virus. Now, yes, you could have gotten it at the grocery store, gas station, whatever. Didn't wash your hands for some reason. I can't imagine you not doing that, but we all make mistakes. So tell me your first symptoms. Can you kind of give me an idea of how you first felt? Yes, I was at, I actually was at work, unfortunately. Great, yeah. To feel bad. The good thing was, is that I typically work alone most nights. So I was not necessarily around anyone, but I just started to feel very tired and very worn down. 
and just kind of blah. And I have migraines, so I thought maybe possibly that was what it was. Maybe I had a, a migraine coming on. You can kind of feel the day before one of those really hits hard. I already know, like, ooh, I'm about to get one. So I just chalked it up to that and thought, well, okay, I'm just going to brace myself. But then I was, I was feeling just worse and worse. And through the night, finally, by the time I got home, I was sweating. And I thought, well, that's kind of strange because that's not really a symptom of having a migraine. But I went to sleep that night and I woke up the next morning and I had chills. I was sweating and I had a fever. And I just, I knew it. I just knew. I was like, that's it. I have COVID. And why is that? Why didn't you think it was just a typical flu? Um, typically, actually, I just got a flu shot today. So typically, I'm pretty good about staying on top of that. I had the flu shot last year. And I just, I don't run, run a fever like that. So I just figured that this is probably what it was just because of all of the symptoms that were presenting and the fact that I just felt, it just felt different. And, you know, we hear in the news that people run fevers, that they, it, it's like flu-like symptoms at first. And that's why everybody tries to compare it to the flu, which tell me why it has nothing to do with the flu. Tell me the difference between it because you've been through it. Yes. And I've, I've had the flu, and the flu tends to just be a fever, and you're laying in bed for a while just because you feel really tired. And, and it's similar to, as far as I could tell, it's similar in the beginning, and it's also similar to, like, my migraines. My migraines, typically, when they hit, they're very bad. I'm vomiting, and I can't eat, and I can't. Everything is just awful. So my migraines are very bad. So the flu and my migraines are similar as far as the pain and, and feeling tired. The difference between the flu and my migraines is that I don't run a fever with my migraines. But with COVID, it was very different because then I had these horrific body aches. So after I woke up with a fever, I immediately started looking for a testing center. And at that time in June, it was impossible to get a COVID test without having an appointment days in advance, it seemed like. And I was so sick, I couldn't drive myself around just to sit somewhere. And so I signed up for a couple of places. Typically, what you have to do is, is you can't call them and make an appointment. You actually have to get online and fill out this little questionnaire, and it'll ask you a bunch of questions and stuff, and then it'll tell you if you're basically if you're worthy of a, of a COVID test. And I don't know if that's maybe how they're keeping track of some of these cases or what, but I went through it and I finally got a call back three and a half hours later to come in and get a test at a little urgent care center close to my house. Wow. Okay. So you took the test and it came back positive. So before, you know, I started recording with you and I know that this is not something that just was a flu lasted seven days or five to seven days and was gone. No. So... After I received my positive test, I went straight home and I walled myself up inside my bedroom and I was taking some ibuprofen. I know there's been a lot of reports here and there about it's good for you, it's bad for you. I was just following what the what the doctor at the clinic told me to do whenever I received my test. He said, if you're feeling really bad and you're hurting quite a bit, just take some ibuprofen. So I did. Right. Um, and it seemed to help a little, but the, the body, I mean, I felt like I was, 100 years old, or what I imagine to be what a 100, 100 year old person feels like trying to move around, I could barely stand up straight. And that's just not like me at all. And then, of course, the migraines hit. And I think that's the side effect that's a little lesser known with COVID patients. 
is some of them do get severe migraines, and I was unfortunately one of those people, and probably just because I'm predisposed as it is, but I just, this sounds really awful and kind of dark, but I just wanted to die. The pain is so bad. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Because, I mean, when you say you can barely walk, is it because your muscles ache, your bones ache? What is that? I just want to get my head into the space where you were and how you felt as closely as I can so my listeners can go, oh, I get it. Because we only get tidbits here and little facts there from the news. And I just want, I want the truth from someone who's actually had it. Now, everyone responds differently. Do you mind telling me how old you are? Sure, I am. Well, I'm mid-30s. Okay, so you're mid-30s, so you're young. So it's not like you. you're this, <laughs> um, you're younger than me, trust me. So it's, not, so it's not like you're this elderly person and it's hitting you right. hard. You're a young, healthy woman who had COVID. And I, from what I understand, there are some lingering effects, but we're not going to get there yet. So tell me what you meant by I couldn't get up, I couldn't stand up. What was it? Was it the headache? Was it, what was that? Part of it was, of course, your head hurts really bad, but also, it, yes, your muscle, what you had asked earlier, if it was muscle aches or bones, and it was just muscle aches, and just that soul-crushing fatigue that you feel like you just have to lay down. You're out of breath, of course, because you can't breathe, and you're coughing, and you just can't, you just can't. Well, let me ask you this, because no, that brings up another subject. When I've heard of reports on the news, and maybe on a podcast here or there, whatever, that people are having a hard time breathing, of course, all the ventilators and stuff. It sounds like it hits very fast. Yes. And it's like full-blown, if you're not careful, pneumonia. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct, yes. So when you were, did you actually get pneumonia? Thankfully, no, I didn't. The little clinic was monitoring you know, and I said, if you feel like you can't breathe to the point where you're starting to feel kind of like panicky, then go ahead and come back in. And of course, you're going to have some shortness of breath, but if it starts getting severe, then you need to come in. But really, the worst part was just feeling, it, it was mainly whenever I was up and around. The good thing is, is still in the grand scheme of things, I don't think that my symptoms were even as bad as even a couple of other members of my family that Oh, wow. Wow. COVID. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Did they get it? Because you probably didn't give it to them because you quarantined in your room. So they must have right. gotten it. Some, yeah, I would assume. Okay. And I have so many questions just because they're swirling around in my head. And I, I want to say them in the way that I'm not preaching to people that I'm not trying to scare anyone because I'm not. Right. I just want the facts from someone who's done it. I don't know anyone personally in my group of people, right, that that, have, that has had it. So it's not fair for me to say, well, it does this or it does that or because, and it's also not fair for me to say that your symptoms are everyone else's and your situation is everyone else's be- because people have been okay and asymptomatic. Some people have been pretty dang sick and some people have actually died. So that is my concern here with just all of the uncertainty with some people wearing masks, some people saying some bars are opening up in uh, Tarrant County. The mayor will not open the bars up in Dallas. I think that's a smart move. I don't care if it's 50% capacity. I don't think that's a wise decision right now. I'm not, and I don't want these people to lose their bars. I don't want people to lose their business. I want everything to open as well. I'm sure you do too, but we will not avoid another shutdown 
if we continue to behave the way we're doing, and that's why I wanted to talk to you. Like I said, I'm not trying to scare anyone. I just want everyone to understand this is real. Yes, it is. And there's a lot of things that I've seen on the internet that says, you know, how many of you people actually know somebody that actually had COVID? And, and it was kind of said in a way that nobody has come in contact with anyone that's actually had it. And that's not true. So maybe possibly hearing my experience will let people know that it is real. It is something that it's not going away anytime soon. It's something that we're all going to have to stay prepared for and stay vigilant because it can be dangerous. It may not be dangerous for quite a few people, but we all have loved ones. And I think that it's important that we all stay safe and keep those loved ones safe, even if it's not your own. I mean, it, it could be your grandmother or your your loved one who's elderly or maybe has some comorbidities that this would be very bad for. I would hate to think that I spread it to someone just because I was being careless. Right. I heard a statistic the other day. Now, I don't know if this is correct, but the man, it was on the news. I don't know which one it was. He said that in the world of Corona, I'm talking worldwide, one out of 10 persons has been affected and has had it. Wow. One out of 10. I believe it. And that scared the crap out of me. I'm not going to lie. And that's why I was like, Patty, I need to have you on. I need to talk to you. Because I know sometimes, from what I understood, some people started feeling better. Then they got worse. Then they felt better. Then they felt way worse. It's, it's kind of a, a uphill-downhill thing. Is that right? Um, my sibling that had it, she was in and out where she would be okay. And then she would feel like, oh, God, somebody's going to take me to the hospital. And then she'd be fine. And so I can see where that would be something that's reported. But as far as I'm concerned, mine was pretty even kill. I was pretty much feeling bad the whole time, to be honest. (laughs) I would feel okay if I was laying down and resting. The minute I had to get up was whenever the symptoms would hit very bad, where I would just feel like I just need to, I just need to lay down. I mean, it was so bad whenever I was waiting in the clinic for them to test me for COVID. I literally just wanted to get off of my chair and lay on the floor. Wow. Now, let me ask you this. We've heard these, uh, these reports of people losing their taste and their smell. Is that something that happens? Yes, 100%. Now, it didn't hit until a couple of days later. Now, my husband and children, my children are a little older, would come and bring me food. They would mask up, glove up, and come in and bring me food and leave immediately and shut the door and and all that they were being very I'm so proud of them because you know you think mom carries the household right and she's going to be the one that's going to oh absolutely they they did so well I'm so proud of them none of them got it thankfully but when they would bring me food typically you know you can smell it if somebody's cooking in your house no I couldn't smell a thing I couldn't taste anything at all it was so frustrating because I love to eat Well, you know what? I mean, me too. I love to eat. I love the smell of uh, cooking food, all that. But you know, it would, I think it would kind of scare me that I couldn't smell anything, you know? Yeah. It was very unnerving. But now, how long did that last? So my sense of taste and smell actually, thankfully, came back before I fully recovered, as a matter of fact. So it lasted probably about a week. And I remember the moment that I realized that I could smell again because my oldest daughter was cooking chicken in the kitchen and I could smell it in my bedroom and she brought me a plate and I almost cried it was so good because after days of not tasting or smelling anything it just 
eating just started to become mechanical at that point. So I was so happy and the food was so good. And I don't know if it was just because I hadn't been able to taste or smell for so long or if it was just, my daughter's a pretty good cook, but it was, it was amazing. Well, you probably would have eaten the shoe at that point if it, if you could have tasted it, you know, I mean, and I don't mean to make light of that, but you know, yeah. Wow. So that lasted, you said how long a week? About a week. Mm -hmm. It felt like longer, but it was about a week. Wow. Is that when you started feeling better? Um, I started feeling better about day 10, day 11. Day 10, day 11. That's way beyond a flu situation, I think. That's just feeling good enough to get up and take a shower. Right. (laughs) And the reason I even say any of this is because I'm like, quit comparing us to the flu, guys. There are flu-like symptoms. We totally get that. And you are right about that. Yes. The statistics are totally different. The feelings, the um, everything that happens with COVID patients, God bless them. It's a, it sounds like it's a thousand times worse. So, so you started feeling better to where you could actually get up and take a shower, but that was about all you could do, right? Yeah, pretty much. And then even then, whenever I would get up and, and move around, even to just go to the bathroom, you're so out of breath. You feel like you can't breathe. And to be honest with you, even now, months later, there are times where I still feel that kind of heaviness where I feel like I can't breathe or I just kind of feel short of breath. And even without a mask, sometimes I'm like, oh my goodness, I I just feel like I can't breathe. So the doctor had prescribed me a inhaler just to take kind of as needed whenever I do need it. And here we are in October and I'm still relying on it somewhat here and there. Okay. And that's, this is my main point with everyone listening today. If you want to go to that college party, if you want to go to that super spreader Halloween bash you're thinking you need to go to, please reconsider this stuff. There are lingering effects from COVID-19. The lingering effects are lung damage. There's also liver damage and kidney damage. This is long-term effects. Now, she doesn't have all of those things, but she does have somewhat long-term effects with her lungs. And she didn't even have pneumonia. That's right. I mean, I, I just want to make sure I'm saying this right, because I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Mm-hmm. So once you started on the mend, how long, I mean, before you really became so, so much better to where you could actually get up and, and walk, you have a very physical job. I know that. How long were you not able to work? I was out 14 days. You were out two weeks. Wow. And were you taking it easy those when you came back? Somewhat. I mean, as much as I can. And that's whenever I really noticed the shortness of breath is once I was able to get back to work. That's whenever I thought, oh my gosh, this really has been an issue. Because some of the things that you just do kind of by muscle memory and you just get in there and you get in your regular groove of work because work is work. Um, I was not able to, to do it was very difficult That's, because yeah. I couldn't breathe. All right. I have one more thing and I'm going to let you go because I know you need to go. I know you know someone who's also had COVID and I know you know that same person got it again. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? That person, whenever they got it the first time, it was bad. And it started similar to mine, kind of flu-like symptoms, but then their eyes swell up so large that they actually did go into the hospital and apparently there's something to do with the 
artery or uh, something to do with something in, in their eye that was affected by COVID. Because we already do know that COVID affects the arterial system and vascular system in the body. But that was just a weird way for it to present. But their eyes full up so large. That was kind of scary. Wow. But that's been a rare, I've not heard that happen to anyone else, but that's kind of one of those one-off things. They were sick, similar story to mine, about two weeks out, still having trouble breathing. This person is still having issues. And then whenever they recently got it, once again, eyeballs full up and started getting sick. And then most recently, just a few days ago, was in the emergency room with severe kidney pain. Oh my gosh. And this person is younger than I am. Oh, I was just going to ask you that because, you know, it, it could be somebody older. It could be somebody. Do they, did they have underlying conditions? No. Okay. See? Okay. All right. So, and they got it again. Don't get me wrong. We are working hard to get a vaccine for this. And I, I hope to God we get one as soon as we can. But anyway, I am so thankful that you have given me this insight because it's not fun to talk about. It's hard. It was a hard time in your life. Thank goodness your kids are old enough and your husband was so supportive that they could help you because there are a lot of people that don't have that kind of support. And I just thank you so much, Patty, for talking to me about this. And I could go on and on with questions, but I, I do know you would need to go. And if you have anything else to say to the listeners, um, now's your chance to talk. The only other thing I would say is if you have had COVID, you do need to donate blood or donate plasma because the antibodies are really helping them create those vaccines and do the research that they need to do to get this moving forward for everyone to be safe. So that would be the only thing that I would add is definitely if you've had it and you have those antibodies, go donate. Yeah, great advice. And um, wow, girl, I wish you the best. And I hope that you get your lung function back to normalcy. And um, you just stay safe. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you. If you like what you heard, please leave me a five star review. It'll help my podcast out and more people will be able to listen. Also, I am a novelist and write paranormal romance. All my books are available on amazon.com. So check me out. And you can also reach me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you guys all for your support. And I'll talk to you next week.